Welcome to episode 129 of the Animal Addicts podcast. It's our final episode! On today's episode, Casey gives a little more information on AZAC, the American Association of Zookeepers, and I talk about our final breed. We learn about our final picks and our final animal of the week. Thank you so much for embarking on this crazy adventure with us. So for the final time, let's jump into episode 129 of the Animal Addicts podcast. Welcome to episode 129, our final episode of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new bundle of super fun animals. A collection of curious critters, if you will. Yes. I like it, except for some reason collection sounds creepy to me. But there Which we is go. why I like it. Exactly. It's 100%. <laughs> obviously, Allie goes for cute and Casey goes for... Not really creepy, but odd. I don't know how to say it. Let's be real. He goes for a lot of creepy stuff. <laughs> it's kind of on point. <laughs> also, before we get into talking about what we've you know done recently, I just want to uh, reiterate, since this is the last episode, that um, all episodes obviously will still be up where you can uh, listen to them. I will be re-releasing all of the episodes with the editing... Nope, with the cursing edited out. Um, but I don't have an exact release schedule on that because... The whole point of us having to end is because life is crazy, so I don't know how fast I'll be able to get them out. But anyway, they will be coming out, so keep an eye out for that. If you prefer things without cursing or you have family members or kids who might want to listen but you don't want them to hear the cursing, there's that. The website will always be up, um, at least for a while, <laughs> for a long time, mm. for the indefinite future until something has to change. And um, Patreon in a few months, probably. I will open everything up on Patreon so it's public so you can go and catch up on all of our bonus animals and honorable mentions that you only previously heard of if you were a Patreon subscriber. And thank you to all of our Patreon supporters uh, who helped us out over the years. <laughs> I forget how long we've done this. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I think that's the housekeeping. Everything else should be there and I'll randomly be posting things to Instagram and Twitter as well so you can still keep up with us. Anyway. So, now that the business is out of the way, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I went to the Del Mar Fair. And how was that? It was good, but kind of chaotic because I did not have a day off where I could just go with my family. Uh, so, what I had to do is I had to coordinate it where I got off. Yeah. I met, meet, eat them at the park and ride and then go there. Yeah. And we were supposed to eat beforehand. That fell apart because it was a crazy day. And I was doing programs all day. Mm -hmm. And I came back and diamonds weren't even done yet when I got back. So it's like they had to get done still before mm -hmm. I could feed the animals. Did you and go to the fair in your messy work clothes or did you change? I changed. Okay, nice. Also, I just love, I want to point out real fast that you do call it the Del Mar Fair, the yeah. Del Mar County Fair, when it's the San Diego County Fair now, but which I'm I'm with you on that. I would also call it the Del Mar Fair. But what is interesting to me is that you call that the Del Mar Fair, but you'll call the animal park by its new awful name. Yeah, because I don't view it as awful. It's just different. No, I hate it. It sounds like a drive-through, one of those drive-through zoos. That's why I hate it. That's why I hate that name. That's what it sounds like. Anyway, continue on. Sorry. So you got there. You couldn't eat. So we couldn't eat beforehand because I was late because of how chaotic it was at work. Yeah. And so we left late. I got to park and ride late. So we just said, and eh, we're not going to have time to eat before. So we'll just eat inside. Oh, no. 
expensive and horribly unhealthy. <laughs> I don't care. I, I was going to eat a horribly unhealthy anyway. But we. But I ate... feel like fast food is unhealthy, but not deep fried butter unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, we ended up eating at Chicken Charlie's. Okay. And I always want to call it Charlie's Chickens because that makes sense. It does. So. But and... I kind of like Chicken Charlie's. I see yeah. why they did that. Yeah, but I regret my decision because I went with the fair special, which was like four chicken strips and a pile of fried zucchini strings and um, onion rings. Oh, God. All of that sounds awful. The chicken's fine, but the rest sounds awful. You don't like uh, a zucchini? No. <gasps> What's wrong with you? I don't like... I'm all... I you have... don't like onion rings either? No. Onion rings are disgusting. They are delicious. They're disgusting. Delicious. And they would make me so sick. Yeah, well, I love them. So, and I regretted it because I remember I got, like, a fried chicken or something. It was so good. Yeah. And I wish I'd just gotten that this time. Yeah. Because there wasn't that much chicken, and I split it with my sister. So, I only, and they shorted me a chicken strip. <gasps> oh, snap. Yeah. Um. So, I ate the onion rings and because I was playing with my sister. It wasn't as much I would get on my own. So, yeah. And then afterwards, I got more food at one of the food halls. I got, like, what did I get? Oh, yeah, the chili chamoy dried mangoes. I'm addicted. Weird. Okay. Um, Toffee-cutter peanuts and toffee-covered uh, sunflower seeds. Neither of those sound <gasps> good. Toffee on it? No. Yes, it's delicious. Oh, God. They're delicious. You need to live more. No. Yes. But because of how late we got there, I couldn't see the pig races. Oh, sad yeah. times. Yes. Did you go see all the animals? Yeah, we still went to. Oh, uh, I got to see um, my cousin's father-in-law's um, cows. Okay. Yeah, he what breeds lime. Cows, they? Uh, they were, I think, two Holsteins, but all the rest were linebacks. Okay. Yeah. Holsteins are the fuzzy ones, right? No, Holsteins are dairy cows. Oh, like JK. what you think of the the milk cow? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I want the fu- who's the fuzzy cow? I like. Oh, that one. um. Those are Highlands. Fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Those are cool. Yeah, they're cute. I wanted to talk about them as a breed, but they're, they just had so much information about the meat that they use them for, and I was like, that's depressing. <laughs> anyway. I follow this one that's, they have the dwarf variety of them on TikTok that yeah. somebody keeps them, and they're really cute siblings. They're just adorable, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're just like giant dogs. Yeah. I yeah. love them. Anyway, okay, but did you see a, a Nigerian dwarf goat? Or yes, we did. Dwarf we saw the Nigerian pygmy goats. goats. Yay! Yes. Well, he's not a pygmy goat, but yeah. still. Yeah, and it was so funny. There was one goat that looked like he had a lazy eye, was just staring at us. <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh, and there was this one um, when his, uh, there was another goat he was with was uh, away from him. He was like, <laughs> goat screaming did i ever i don't don't think we talked about the podcast but did you see the video of the cops it's like body cam footage of a cop and they're running because someone's yelling for help and they get there and it's a goat oh my god it's like a cop and i think a neighbor are like hauling butt over like oh someone needs help and it's a freaking goat and it just sounds like it's saying help oh my goodness oh goats are hilarious also i do like taylor swift but the trouble version with the goat scream is just better than the original (laughs) version (laughs) Is the best. You have heard that, right, though? Yeah. Okay, good. If you haven't heard that, I... I, I don't well, care I for I Taylor can. Swift, though. I do like Taylor Swift. I mean, not everything's amazing, but you gotta admit, she does some good mm-hmm. stuff. Anyway, um... Yeah. But I remember one year I went, and I saw a lot more animals, and now I just see goats and cows. Really? Yeah. 
I feel like that was the majority of it was gone pigs. I never see the pigs now. I feel like there were pigs. There were goats and cows mostly. Some sheep, I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, sometimes bunnies. I remember seeing bunnies yeah. and chickens. Yeah, I've seen those before. I don't, not sure if I remember seeing pigs there before, but I huh. always want to see the pigs. But there's never pigs. It makes that's, me upset. That's a really sad time. Yeah, it is. Anyway, all right. I well, take a piggy home. And then, it. did you do any of the death trap rides? No, um, we don't do the rides. No, that's a good choice. That's that's taking your life in your hands. I the I like of, it. I would do them, but also my friend, um, because she worked for Pacific Animals, she's gone to fairs and it's like they're held together by industrial zip ties. Exactly. That's why you don't ride those things. They are yeah. death machines. Um. Anyway, I live life for the thrill. Yeah, I live life for the thrill at Six Flags with their <laughs> amazing rides. Thank you. Yes, but it's too much and too far. It is really far. It's not that expensive for what you're mm. getting out of it. That one, you get so many good rides. Yeah. Totally worth it. But it is ridiculously far from us. I love, I don't know if we sound really spoiled, that like three, four hours is too far. It's probably like three and a half is yeah. my guess from here is how far Six Flags is. And it's a lot. It's also blazing hot in the summer and mm-hmm. freezing cold in the winter for California standards. Obviously not Minnesota standards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like those, I usually just like the animals. And then I didn't know about that back in the day when I went, which I only went like a couple times. The music. Sometimes they get really good groups mm-hmm. and really good performers. Yeah. There was this one lady, like for the most part, she was singing well, except when she was belting. Yeah, that can go bad a lot. Other than that. I don't mean a- randos. I mean like Boys to Men was there. Oh, yeah. Like, they have, like, legit, like, I I remember one time I was at, like, a bonfire with some friends in the summer. Obviously, it was during that. And he had gone and freaking James Brown was there. I was like, what? (laughs) I could have paid to go to the, does it cost more to go to this? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I remember Fluffy was there one year. See, yeah, they'll get, like, comedians, they'll get good musicians, and, Mm -hmm. like, not, like, real, not just, like, some rando, like, really good Mm -hmm. people. So I was like, What? blown away i remember yeah. this year they were supposed to have some more i know boys man was one of them but there were others that were like really good that were going to be there so i feel like now i'd be like i kind of yeah. want to go for that yeah. and then like the stuff they have for sale is cool but it's stuff i don't need to buy and then i'll but just wind up buy. spending money but that's the point i will spend money that i don't need to spend i only have that one thing i ever got there that has been really worth it <laughs> that necklace <laughs> everything else is just stuff i did not need yeah but it was just like oh that's cute i'll get it I always want to buy the Vitamix. You're silly. Yeah. Why buy it there and not just... They might have a special. Okay. Silly. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. Um, so besides food, I also bought a couple shirts. Okay. So one of them was a Michael Myers shirt and was really cool and dark looking. And then the other one was like a cartoonish like horror one. And it had like all the horror movie villains like jason like, freddy like Michael Myers. cartoon or what kind of cartoon like because they're all in the scooby-doo van okay okay yeah. so like scooby-doo style okay yeah nice. so it's like them all in the van and it's like driving wrong it's like i think it says friends i can't remember but yeah i bought uh, that's an uh, i bought those two shirts nice mm-hmm. it just reminded me um of a shirt at critical role right now that i really want to get and it just reminds me of you because I feel like you have shirts of that kind of style. Like, they have them at the zoo and stuff. I'll show you in a second. You'll know what I mean. Um, And uh, I really want the shirt, but I have no money right now. So, you know. And then I'm really mad because a while back they had a 50% off sale. 
And I'm like, I could have actually afforded to get two shirts then for the price of one shirt. There was also a Jurassic Park backpack I wanted, but it's like one of those little cute ones. What do you mean? Oh, like, like one of the lounge flies? Yes. Yeah, they're really expensive. They had they're giant, so expensive. They it had a Jurassic giant Park sale, though, and I actually bought a lounge fly oh. backpack because it was 40 bucks instead of 75 I love this shirt so much. So it's like the same size style that they do, like like your your cats that were staring yeah. at me the one day. Same style, but it's Trinket from Critical Role, and I love it because it's Trinket with different mm. moods going on, and I really want to buy that shirt so bad. Anyway, just for anyone who doesn't watch Critical Role, Trinket is a grizzly bear <laughs> who has armor at one point, and then one time when Vex, her person, leaves, her brother ties little pink bows and braids all his fur and puts pink bows in it, and it's very sad. Anyway, sort of sad. Anyway, all right. Well, that's fun. So yep. you did the Del Mar Fair. Yep, I got ice cream there too. That's fitting. I got a, that makes sense. I got an fair. Oreo shake. I don't know if I like that. <gasps> I don't know. I'd have to try that. I don't know if I'd like that. I don't. I'm not a fan of cookies and cream mm. ice cream, so I don't think I'd like Oreos. Really? Yeah. I mean, I like cookies. I like cookie dough. I don't like cookies and cream though. It's just not. It's not very good to me. Something not, wrong with you? Not a fan. Uh, no, chocolate chip cookie dough and mint are the best ice creams in the world. There's this place called Dough Creamery in um, Temecula, and they have mint uh, cookies and cream. It's Ew. good. Oops, that's not one. Um. Oh, it's also great because you get a scoop of cookie dough. Oh, that's better. Mm -hmm. A scoop of cookie dough or cookie dough ice cream. Of the cookie dough on top of your ice cream. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep, so that's and you get kind a of like of cookie dough. That's kind of like mint cookie dough then. Yeah. Not cookies and cream if it has cookie dough on it. Yeah, but no, the ice cream, you get cookie dough no matter the ice cream that you pick. So it could be like Oreos or plain vanilla. Where or... is this magical place that I'm going to have to eat when I can eat eventually? It's in Temecula by the mall. Oh, God, that sounds so good. It's really good. I remember seeing an ad for a place that was, like, cookie dough that you can eat, and I'm like, I would be a million pounds mm -hmm. if I worked there because that's the best thing ever yeah. in the world. Anyway, okay. All right, well, so I was trying to finish out a series <laughs> before we ended, and I went to Disney Plus, and I searched high and low, and they have removed Supernatural and America the Beautiful. That one's not a loss. It was not very good. But Supernatural. So not only can I not finish the series and rate it for you, even if you look at my ratings, I don't know where you'd go to watch it now, which is very sad because it was a good program. And I don't know if you can go to like Amazon and like rent it, which is a bummer to have to rent an episode of a nature documentary when there's so many available on streaming services so i'm very annoyed with disney plus i'm really annoyed with all the streaming companies they keep doing this shit they want to charge you so much money but then they get rid of good content and i'm like well then why why am i paying you for this ridiculous anyway ugh, i just hate capitalism because <laughs> they just get rid of it for tax breaks same thing why like Batgirl yeah. didn't come out i'm like excuse me everyone put their work into that and everything people care about it and no we just care about this fuck you people anyway um so moving on <laughs> so instead i watched on apple tv unfortunately you also have to pay for that subscription service which is cheaper though than the others um and also you have to have an apple thing somewhere um to watch it but they have although i would recommend it they do have good shows on there and they have a show big beast that's narrated by tom hilson i kind of talked about it before but then i realized i didn't actually rate the previous two episodes I saw so I'll have to go back at some point and add that to the website and like I said I will continue to update the website with that going forward even after the podcast because like I said it's a PSA 
Um, it's just an important, not really PSA, just public service. Anyway, um, so this one that I most recently watched, uh, it was The Giant Otter. I don't know if you didn't hear the episode before. So basically what they do in Big Beast is they pick an animal in a region, but then they kind of focus on a lot of other big animals in the region. So with the giant otter, they talked about the giant um, anteater and the jaguar was featured in it. The caiman was a little bit featured in it. Capybara was in it. (laughs) So anyway, um, and it got a rating of mostly safe. I will tell you right now, pretty much the mostly safe is a uh, jaguar uh, caiman conflict. (laughs) So that is how it got a mostly safe. Otherwise, it was fairly good. Um, and they are cute. I mean, giant otters are cute. It's just I don't want to. Uh, they're just too big. They're too big. Their faces are adorable, but they're too big, and it's scary. And at one point, spoilers: the jaguar, of course, is trying to hunt the the otters, and the whole family, because now the pups have gotten a little bit bigger, go and face off against the jaguar. So they're pretty tough little things. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Also, just like the the camera is just great because you actually see, which makes me question because there's two little like cuts on either side of the jaguar's uh, snout. So I'm like, did you get bit by something? Like, how did you get an even cut on either side of your snout? I don't know how you did that. Anyway, so, um, but anyway, like I said, giant otter, mostly safe. I believe the two before that were also mostly safe, but I'd have to go back and double check to be sure. Anyway, um, and then also, I was looking up how to draw animals in, like, the Disney style because reasons. Reasons mostly being that I want to eventually be able to draw my D&D characters <laughs> and some of them have animal companions. <clears throat> anyway, so, but I found this one video because they have really good uh, animation style in the Disney style and, and then I realized that it was somebody I already follow on Twitter and then his bio, though, just says he's an animator but it fails to mention that he was one of the animators on The Lion King and Pocahontas and like a ton of movies I loved from my childhood. I was like, how did you not lead with that? So anyway, he's like a full-on animator who worked on all these stuff and he has a lot of animal type stuff, obviously. And then as I was, you know, as what happens on YouTube, then it has suggestions. And then a video popped up and it's him and this other guy and the title is just like, drawing zoo animals so I, I click on it and then I watch and I'm like this sure looks like the San Diego Zoo because it's on the Sky Fari and I'm like uh-huh. I mean I'm sure there's some other zoos that have that but probably not with the background that this has so then when they pull that I'm like yeah it's definitely the San Diego Zoo mm. and then they got super lucky the tiger was up and about and then um and then the um the maned wolf was up and about and walking around I'm like how I think he even drew that mm. one and then, yeah, so he was just, they're going around, it's these two guys, and they're just drawing a bunch of um, animals throughout the zoo, and it was really good and impressive. Also, I'm like, I'd be super, because they're literally, you know where, like, you come out of, that, I think, the aviary, and then you're behind the tiger? It's not on Tiger Trail, but above it. So they're standing there with their little, like, drawing pad thing, <laughs> drawing them, and I'm like, that'd be so crazy to go to the zoo and someone's sitting there drawing this gorgeous animation of a tiger, because they do it kind of realistic and kind of cartoony, but anyway, um, so it's really cool. So anyway, um, did I tell you his name? Sure didn't. I'll put that in the links <laughs> of the podcast because I just realized I did not say oh, Allie. who he was. And I really thought I put that in the notes. So I'm sorry. I'll have to go and look that up. Dropping the ball here. Yeah, I totally um, 
I didn't put his thing. But he puts, like, little videos on Twitter and stuff of, like, a little, like, animation short type thing. And, obviously, animation thingies anyway. So, um, sorry. I'm just going to put a note that I need to put that on the website because I failed and didn't put his name there. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, but that's – let's get into what we want to talk about today. So, Casey Kate, – Jesus Christ. Casey. Casey. I was looking at a Z and an A. Mm. And, Casey, what did you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about Azak. I okay, it's just so you know, folks, it's written in little notes and it's A A Z K. So to yep. me that's Azk. It's Azak. Talk to anyone in this field, it's Azak. They'll say that, but there's no A in between the Z and the K, so it's Azk. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> so Azak is the American Association of Zookeepers. Okay. So this is basically an organization, a large part of it, it's a member based organization that's to help improve and advance and pr- provide professional development for those in the zookeeper field okay yeah so i have a membership i'm a professional member since now i'm full-time uh also there is that the requirement because i remember you saying that you joined it not a requirement okay no they can't (laughs) no employer can require you to have it (laughs) (laughs) because you don't need to pay for it yeah there is a membership uh fee okay it's uh for mine i believe the New level, I have it's $45. A year? Yeah. That's still kind of expensive, but okay. It's cheap to me. <laughs> I mean, it's not crazy expensive to get rid of the things, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a little expensive. Yeah. It's not crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it does provide a lot of uh, resources. Um, one of the things it provides is called the Animal Keepers Forum, which is this monthly news uh, kind of like magazine you get. Uh, covers articles from what bunch of people from other zoos have been doing that involving the zookeeper field like recently they were talking about how they um the whole process i can't remember which zoo it was for breeding a linnaeus two-toed sloth a linnaeus is that their name linnaeus two-toed sloth linnaeus two-toed two jesus christ linnaeus i like that name that's a cool name anyway sorry linnaeus two-toed sloth yeah i got it yeah and they've also talked about like um Zoo keeping abroad and like Azac's international outreach to people in other countries because American Association of Zookeepers largely focus those in the United States. Right. There are Canadian members, but also there is chapters. <laughs> there are Canadian members, whatever these people. But they do reach out internationally as well. And there's um one problem is the uh, Animal Keepers Forum may be going digital now because of lack of funding. Okay. <laughs> I just read that in the last one. Oh, is it actually a magazine you get? Yeah, I get it every month. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought it was totally a digital thing. No, it might become okay. totally digital now but <laughs> because it, okay. of funding. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and you can also, um, there is a search engine, so you can look up all of the past um, Animal Keepers forums. So there's a lot. So like it archives everything. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, and there's also, um, there's local chapters, so there's a bunch of zoos in the United States, and a lot of them have their own chapters, like there's one in San Diego. And several other major cities like L.A., they all have, like, um, their own chapters that you can join as well. That, of course, will be a separate membership fee as well. Okay. And that's a good way to get networking and help promote yourself and get involved in the field. And if you're a college student, there's also a student membership, there, which is, I believe, $25. That seems like a good idea. Yep. If you can network with someone and have them help you hopefully get your foot in the door somewhere. Yep. And also there is a conference every single year. Um, 
and even if you cannot attend and it costs money, um, they are do post like the papers and the posters from the conference onto the website. That's good. Yep. Nice. Yep. It, when I was uh, an intern and talking to um, my boss about uh, groups of joining to help de for professional development, the very first one that she recommended was AZAC. So, yep. Those of you that might be looking into it, I would definitely recommend it. I'm just curious. What else did she recommend? It's, there's a lot. Oh, so okay. there's <laughs> ZAA, that's the Zoological Association of America. There's also the ABMA, which is the Animal Behavior Management Association. IATC, that's the International Association of... of no, International Avian Traders Certification Board. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, there's a... A ton. Two, there's a whole okay. list of several. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. But yeah, um, and typically whenever you talk to someone in this field, Amer the, they're going to recommend AZAC. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Oh, another cool thing with the chapters too is a lot of times they will f do fundraisers for um, conservation and they're always usually alliterations. Like, uh, I can't remember which chapter it was, but they did Pints for Pangolins. Amazing, yep. yes. Yeah, and they're a big thing, a uh, large portion of the conservation fundraising goes towards is bowling for rhinos. It's a uh, their big fundraiser to help with rhino conservation. That's cool. Yep. I would do so bad. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm sure you pay the same amount no matter how well you do. Yep. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that's cool. Yep. Um, while he was doing that, I looked it up. <laughs> the artist's name is Aaron Blaze, and you can find him on Twitter, and I assume other places, at Aaron Blaze Art. A-A-R-O-N, which always makes me think of the A-A-R-O-N. <laughs> oh, Sketch. my gosh. And last name is B-L-A-I-S-E, and then art. How you spell art. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go. All right, well, it is our final breed, and I wanted to shake things up today. So, we are doing a chicken. Yeah. It's one of my friend's favorite animals. And Curious. Uh, it is curious. In fact, it was funny because when I asked her what her favorite chicken is, she gave me this breed and then a chicken dish. <laughs> As her answer, I'm like, most people, I feel like their favorite animal is not also an animal they enjoy eating. I don't want to eat a tiger. Anyway. All right. So <laughs> I have chosen the silky chicken. So the silky chicken looks like a cuddly toy. Oh, I should also say, I'm sorry. Uh, this is coming from something chicken coop uh the happy chicken coop.com uh they do have a poultry association but it was very challenging to navigate and stuff and this site has a lot of information so anyway so the silky chicken looks like a cuddly toy silkies have feathers that do not latch together so they look like they are wearing fur not feathers they are friendly and cuddly too so the background on these guys, there is no doubt that the silky chicken is an ancient breed, probably of Chinese origin. Some believe that the silky chicken dates back to as far as the Chinese Han Dynasty in 206 BC. The Chinese name for the silky chicken was Wu Gu Ji, I think, meaning black boned. And an alternative name for this bird is the Chinese silk chicken. The evidence points to a Chinese origin quite strongly, but it cannot be stated completely. Now we have two conflicting things of information of when it was spotted by Westerners, essentially. So the first thing says that the first Western recording of a silky sighting was by Marco Polo in 1298. 
He marveled about seeing a bird with black skin and hair like a cat on his travels to China. However, later on, it says it was first mentioned by Marco Polo around 1290 to 1300 on his remarkable journey across Europe and the Far East. Although he did not see the bird, it was reported to him by a fellow traveler and he reported it in his journal as a furry chicken. So either way, Marco Polo was aware of it. Whether or not he saw it himself is a question. And anyway, moving on. All right, so the silky chicken made its way westward either by the Silk Road or by the maritime routes, likely both. The ancient Silk Road stretched from China to modern-day Iraq. Numerous secondary routes crossed over into Europe and the Balkan states. The next mention we have is from Italy, where Aldrovandi in 1598 speaks of a chicken with fur like a black cat. When people first introduced the silky chicken to the European public, it was said to be the offspring of a chicken and a rabbit. Not a not so unbelievable, unbelievable thing back in the 1800s. Many unscrupulous sellers sold silkies to gullible folks for curiosity, and it was used as a freak show item in traveling sideshows and exhibited as a bird mammal. The characteristics of a silky, they have downy feathers that come in many colors, including white, black, blue, gray, gold, and porcelain. Not sure what that is, I'm guessing an off-white. Silkies are one of the most friendly, docile, and calm chicken breeds. They are very unusual looking, described as chickens with fur, and amusing to watch. Silkies make excellent little pets and are tough for their size. They're easy to handle and love to be cuddled. Not the best for all conditions, however. Silkies are not cold or wet hardy and may stop laying in hot temperatures. Many silky owners use them for pets, and so they are kept in time, indoors most of the time. They are mediocre egg layers and typically lay tiny cream-colored eggs, no, not more than 120 per year. Some more basic about the silky. Are they beginner-friendly? Yes. Their lifespan is seven to nine years. Uh, egg colors cream to tinted. They lay about three to four eggs per week. Their feather, color, feather colors, of course, come in black, blue, puff, partridge, self-blue, self-blue, splash, white, and gray. People are making stuff up. Um, okay, so then weight, uh, a large fowl, three pounds for the females and four pounds for the males. And then a bantam, which I think is like a miniature version, is uh, 1.2 pound for the males and 1.1 pound for the females. Uh, are they broody? Yes. I had to look up a broody mint. <laughs> that, meant <laughs> that she'll want to actually like try and hatch one of her eggs. So she'll actually like hang out on her egg basically. Are they good with children? Yes. Uh, cost of a chicken. Chicks are ten to fifteen dollars for hens and and for hens, and then roosters are twenty to fifty dollars. And are they cold hardy? Somewhat, but might need supplemental heat. All right, so um, they are obviously look different from regular chickens in their appearance. The head should be crested, looking somewhat like a pom pom, similar to a Polish chicken. If a comb is present, it should look like a walnut, being almost circular in appearance. Very weird. Anyway, um, and then they get more into the appearance of it, but I will, of course, link the article and you can look into all of that. So a little bit more. They have five toes instead of the usual four found in chickens. The outer two toes should be feathered. The legs are short and wide set, gray in color. The feathers lack barbicels. Sure. <laughs> Those are the hooks that hold the feathers together, hence the fluffy appearance. The main feathering looks just like the underdown of regular chickens. The fact that these feathers do not hold together means a silky chicken cannot fly. It also means that the feathering is not waterproof. So a wet silky chicken is a pathetic sight to see. <laughs> One of my favorite things in this whole thing. 
if they do get significantly wet, they need to be towel dried or even blow dried, which they enjoy if it is done regularly. <laughs> Underneath all that fluff, the silky has black skin and bones. Crazy. Sadly, this makes them a food delicacy in parts of the Far East. The meat is also used in Chinese medicine since it contains twice as much keratin as other chicken meat. Keratin has anti-aging properties, so it is said. Quotations. Um, just like Brino stuff, basically. Same problem, same place. Um, so silky chickens, fortunately, do not need a lot of hands-on attention and care. These birds, just like most adult chickens, do just fine in winter climates and do not demand a lot if you are looking for less work on your end. Uh, okay, so they start laying earlier in the year than most hens. Start up to starting up once the days begin to get longer, occasionally late December, but most uh, more often early January. Um, the temperament in silkies is known to be calm, friendly, and docile, even the boys. It has been recorded by several people that the roosters will tidbit for the chicks, <laughs> which I had to look that up. <laughs> well, actually, they say it later on. But tidbitting is when they basically offer them little foods and snacks. Like, they're like, oh, here, I have this thing, then you can have it and you can chew on it. Anyway, the docility can lead to them being picked on by other more pushy flock members. They do best when put, in other, put with others of a similar nature, such as a Polish hen. Despite their fluffy feathering, they tol tolerate the cold fairly well. Wetness is something they cannot tolerate. Um, anyway, it goes on a little bit more. If your climate is freezing in the winter, they will benefit from a little supplemental heat. They are content to be confined, but if allowed to, free range, um, they are great little foragers. The area they forage should be a safe zone since they cannot fly to escape predators. And silkies are more renowned as being pets, brooders, and ornamental birds. The silky chicken is notoriously difficult to sex until around six months old. A breeder can certainly give you their best guess in sex, but it's not certain until the bird crows or not. That's a weird way to do that. Anyway, it also asks some common questions. Are silkies noisy? Silkies are actually not noisy chickens at all. This makes sense considering their calm disposition. This makes this breed great if you live in an apartment or aren't allowed to have chickens. So if you want chickens and you have an apartment, a silky is your go. As long as they have some space, they can be a great addition to your lifestyle. You won't have to worry about your neighbor complaining about chicken squawking. Um, so health issues to look out for. Unfortunately, silkies can be quite susceptible to Merrick's disease. Many silky chicken breeders have uh, bred their stock for natural immunity, but of course you can get your birds vaccinated. What? I didn't know that was a thing you could get vaccinated for. Okay. All right. With silkies being very fluffy, they can be a target for mites and lice, so you should pay due diligence to these little fluff balls. You may also need to trim the feathers around the eyes to help them see a little better. <laughs> Occasionally, fluff at the rear end does need to be trimmed for hygiene and breeding purposes. Other than this, the silky chicken is quite robust and will usually live for seven to nine years longer with lots of TLC. If a silky gets wet, <laughs> drying your silky chicken quickly can be the difference between life and death for your fluffy chicken. Since the feathers do not stick together on this furry breed, they aren't insulated in other breeds of chicken, um, like other breeds of chicken. And this means they can catch a chill easily and die of hypothermia, especially if they live in cold climates. And then they explain tibbing is when a rooster finds a tasty treat and calls his hens over to allow them to munch on it first. He usually clucks them, picks up the morsel and drops it so the girls can see it. <laughs> Hens and chicks still do this for. Mm. Anyway, so, um, and silkies have been known to do this for chicks as well, they say. So, um, while most roosters of this breed are friendly, they are also territorial and aggressive territories uh, to strangers. But with, with all breeds, temperament can vary from chicken to chicken, obviously. So, then basically, they give you the pros and cons of them. So, 
pros being that they're great with kids, they make good pets, they live a long time, they get along with our chickens, and they make great mothers. Aww. <laughs> Cons, they're susceptible to Merrick's disease, it's not very cold hardy, they're not great egg layers, which is usually why you get a chicken. <laughs> uh, because they're furry feathers, they can be susceptible to lice mite, and mites, and they're known for being broody, which just cracks me up because it makes me think of, like, teen dramas and them being broody. <laughs> Anyway, so is the silky right for you? A silky chicken is the ultimate in kids' chickens. They are cuddly, fluffy, and tolerant, love sitting in your lap, and even enjoy cuddles. <laughs> they are very friendly, calm, and docile birds. They interact very well with people. They will follow you around and talk to you. Uh, the docility can lead to them being picked on again by more aggressive flock members, so try to keep them an eye out for bullying. Poor little chickens. Um, silkies are notoriously broody. <laughs> the standing joke is that a silky can hatch a rock. Aww. They also make great mothers. Uh, many folks keep silkies to hatch other eggs. Oh, wow, that's crazy. A silky chicken uh, in broody mode will usually accept any eggs, including duck placed under her. So if you need to hatch eggs, I guess you just have a silky that's basically your babysitter. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, they said, that, again, if you have an apartment, it's great and do that. Um, however, if you are in an area that is inclined to be wet and muddy, be aware that those conditions are not really great with silkies because they're feather they're feathering but if you absolutely must have them you will need to keep them clean and dry and that um yeah can they be potty trained i would guess not i don't know it doesn't say that if you can keep it in an apartment i think it's going to need to be potty trained uh maybe i don't know it doesn't say that <laughs> uh it just says and then there's another question do silky smell like all pets chickens have a distinct smell <laughs> When you don't bathe your animal or pets, they start to smell bad. As long as you keep them and their quarters clean, these chickens should not smell different than That's they normally smell. That's such a smart-ass answer. Anyway. I love it. It reminds me of, like, whenever I get asked, can, can it bite? It's like, well, it does have a mouth. It so in rule of thumb, it, has it the ability, does yeah. bite. Yes, it can. Um, anyway, and then just the silky summary is that the silky chicken always brings a smile to people's faces. This oddball and slightly unusual bird is certainly a crowd pleaser. Although they won't keep you in eggs, they will supply you with a ton of love, smiles, cuddle, and cuddles. And when they become bonded to their owners, they can be described as dog-like in their devotion. They will follow you, talk to you, check out what you're doing, and help, in quotations, too. That's how, like, cats help when you're working on stuff. And they are certainly a great bird to have around if you have eggs you want to hatch, but don't want to fiddle around with an incubator. Anyway, and that tells you how to read how to hatch eggs and stuff. And anyway, all in all, these funny little birds are a joy to have and give much pleasure to their owners. So there you go. Silky Chicken. They're pretty cool. I find them entertaining. And I liked this one because it was very AKC-like in the... A wet silky is a <laughs> pathetic sight to see. <laughs> that made me laugh. Mm -hmm. Anyway. All right, so that brings us to our final picks category, and it was Casey's turn to choose. And Casey, what was the category? Who did you choose? It's a wild card for the wild card. It's just, <laughs> it's just the wild cardiest of all the wild yes. cardiest. Whatever, Whatever you, you want. want. Great. All right, and who did you choose? The Hispaniola Solenadon. Okay, what's that? I'll get to it. Okay, great. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you, duh. <laughs> so, the scientific name is Solenodon paradoxus. As you may have guessed from its name, this species is endemic to the island of Española. They primarily live in moist forest habitat, but are also known to live close to agricultural areas. They can live up to 11 years, which is surprisingly long for an animal of their size. 
They're about 49 to 72 centimeters long and weigh around 800 grams. Okay. You know oh, I didn't have my thing. Yeah. Duh. Um, okay, it was how many centimeters? 49 to 72. Oh, they're pretty big. Well, sort of big. 72. 72 is pretty big. Is that with the tail? Yep. That's still pretty big. It's a de- described guinea pig size. A guinea- Imagine a guinea pig with a tail. No. A, even with a tail, a guinea pig wouldn't be that big. A guinea pig is like nine inches. If it was double, that would be 18 inches. This thing is 28 inches. That's not how it works. Anyway, sorry. Continue on. I'm sorry. I was distracted because paradoxist or whatever yeah. really kind of cracked me up. Oh, my gosh. Because it's contradictory, and that's why it confused me. Anyway, continue on. Sorry. Okay. These tiny mammals are insectivores and mainly feed on arthropods like insects, but will also hunt worms, snails, mice, and even small reptiles. Wow, they're after mice? Mm-hmm. These solanodons are in the order Eulipto-Ophila and are the most basal members of the order, and their modern relatives are the moles, shrews, and hedgehogs. Hmm, okay. Solanodons are rather unique mammals and have their own unique family, which has only two living members, the other being the Cuban solanodon. Hmm, okay. In fact, the Solanodons diverged from all other living mammals during the Cretaceous period over 76 million years ago. Wow. Yep. And even though its closest relative is the Cuban Solanodon, these two species diverged from each other around 25 million years ago. And to put that into perspective, that is 2 million years later than when human ancestors diverged from old world monkeys. Later meaning prior to or actually after? After. Okay, okay. Yep. Solanodons lived largely in isolation on Hispaniola before humans came along, and they were one of the main predators on the island, so they never evolved any anti-predator defenses. Hmm. Which is a bit surprising, given they're so small. Yeah. Seriously. Like, they're still birds, right? Yeah. It's kind of big, though, for a bird. Mm -hmm. It'd be a real big bird. Yeah. The Solanodon is a nocturnal species and will spend its day taking shelter in a burrow or will hide in hollow logs. During the night when they come out to hunt, the Solanodon will probe the ground with its long snout and search for its prey. And these nocturnal predators have a special trick up their sleeve once they find their prey because these guys are amongst a few species of venomous mammals. What? <laughs> what? Yes. We have another one? Yep. I think the Slow Loris was the only one we've talked about so far that was, right? Indeed. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And the platypus. Oh, males. yes. Right, males. Okay. Um, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Extra interesting because I always think of venomous as if it bites you, but I technically it's if it bites you or stings you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, continue on. The venom of the Solanodon is not lethal to humans, but when people handle these animals, they are still sure to wear gloves. <gasps> the Solanodon's venom contains enzymes known as calicrines, um, which are enzymes that mince up proteins, and some of those that it targets are proteins that help maintain blood pressure. Ooh. That's not good. Yep. When researchers injected Solanodon venom into mice, their pulse and breathing remained the same, but their blood pressure dropped quickly after injection. Oh. Yep. Amongst its relatives that has similar compounds in its venom is the northern short-tailed shrew. It is not likely that their common ancestor had this venom too, but more likely that the Solanodon and shrew evolved these independently after they split from their mole and shrew relatives. Which makes sense since they don't use the same calicrians in their venom but this does suggest that mammals have a limited ability a limited pool of resources when it comes to making venom 
but calicrians, um, calicrians are commonly found in mammal saliva, so it makes sense that they would be found in both species. The name Solandon actually means groove tooth, which is a reference to the groove in their teeth, which is how the mammal injects its venom. Weird. The Espanola Solandon is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List, and the species is mainly threatened by loss of habitat due to agricultural development, as well as invasive predators like dogs, cats, and mongoose, because it had not, it did not have predators before the Solandon. Uh, these guys were introduced by humans, so of course they don't have any anti-predator defenses de to deal with these introduced species. I feel like that's big for a cat mm -hmm. and for mongoose. <laughs> I know mongooses have attitudes, <laughs> but like that's big for a cat. Yeah, I don't Stacey think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but Tiger Lily's not catching that. <laughs> I don't know how she is as a hunter. She's good mm -hmm. at getting bugs yeah. for the most part. I had a total rabbit trail. I had, did I tell you the one day she was standing on my piano? So I have like my bed and then at the bottom of it, I have like this cube shelf thing and a piano on top, well, a keyboard on top. And then the closet's across from that. And there was a spider on the wall, but it was too far for her to hit. So she was crying <laughs> because she could, and she's like on the piano trying to figure out how to get to it. I was like, please don't jump at that. Please don't jump at the wall. You're going to hit your head. And there were like boxes oh down goodness. below. So I'm like, you're going to fall in the boxes. Like, don't do it. And then so she was crying and upset. So then I eventually moved the boxes. I'm like, maybe if you go from under, maybe you can jump up and get it. But she was so upset that she could not reach the spider. And then it drives me nuts because at like 4 o'clock in the morning, she'll be attacking the window and making all kinds of noise. And there's a spider outside the window. And I'm like, can you not? I'm trying to sleep. Anyway. That's too funny. Cats. So quick question. Mm -hmm. So the other venomous mammals then, obviously we have the the male platypus and the um, pygmy loris. And then, is that all loris or just the pygmy? There's a couple of lorises so that do have venom. we're just going to say loris. <laughs> yes, lorises. <laughs> lorises. And then um, platypus males. And then who else is there besides this? You said there was a shrew that had it too? Yes, there are some shrews that okay. have it. I think elephant shrews might have it too. I'm not sure. And no, they're not related to shrews. Okay. So there's actually a fair amount of mammal, not like a ton, but there's more than like two. Yep. There's a couple. I feel like there's more venomous mammals than poisonous birds. Yeah, I would say that's okay. accurate. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. You're so you could be like, you're as special as a venomous mammal. Because they're not very prevalent. Anyway, okay. Alright, so I made my I choice. Think there's a few bats too. Oh, that's horrors for most people who are already afraid of bats. <laughs> um, okay. So my choice, before I get into it, it was a, a, a poll pick, and I wanted to do it. So we're doing it. Also, previously, as an animal of the week from season one, I chose the happiest animal on earth, which is the quokka. And this sometimes is dubbed the grumpiest animal on earth. And I have chosen the southern viscacha. And their scientific name is Lagadium. Viscasia. Viscasia. I feel like that's right. I feel confident. All right. This species is native to the mountainous regions of Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, and parts of Chile. They prefer living in rock terrain where there is sparse vegetation. This species has been known to live up to 19 years. They are a moderately sized rodent, 39 centimeters long, smaller than his. I'm going to get there. 39 is... A little over 15 inches. That is a reasonable size. That is rabbit size. That Yay. is acceptable. Anyway, okay. 
and they weigh up to three kilograms. The southern viscacha is a folivore and will feed on the available plant material where they live, which will consist mainly of grasses and moss, but will also feed on lichens. Lichens, lichens. I don't remember. It's lichens. Lichens, I was right. Trust myself. Okay. Unlike many other rodents, these guys are diurnal and are typically most active during sunrise and sunset. That sounds like crepuscular then. <laughs> They're just extra active during those times? Okay. This viscacha is a highly social species living in small groups. They superficially look like a rabbit with long ears and hind legs, but they have a long bushy tail. And these guys are not lagomorph like rabbits, but are indeed a species of rodent. The viscacha are actually a member of the family... <sighs> I forget, is it chi or like ki when it's a ch in these names? I'm going to say chi. Chinchillidae. What? Yay, it's like a chinchilla. I was going to say just... I was about to say just remove the idae and okay. take a guess. Anyway, so from the family Chinchillidae, which, yes, does include the adorable and fuzzy chinchilla as one of its close relatives. Like their cousins, the chinchilla, the viscacha has a very long soft fur, including on their long ears, which help provide insulation from the cold in their mountainous habitat. Along with their thick coat to survive the cold, they have fleshy pads on their feet called pallets, which help give them traction across the rocks, allowing them to be very agile when moving across the rocky surfaces in their habitat. These rodents are not the most prolific breeders when it comes to rodents, as the mom will only give birth to a single offspring. But their offspring are precocial, meaning they are very independent and can take care of themselves pretty quickly. Good job, guys. They are born, born fully... They are born fully furred and have their eyes open and are even able to eat solid food on their first day of life. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like no mammals can do that. Mm -hmm. um, the offspring will nurse from mom for about eight weeks. The southern viscacha is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. They are hunted locally by people for their meat and fur, but does not appear to have a significant impact on their population. And at the moment, they do not appear to be facing any other major threats. So, uh, hey, Casey. Yes, Allie? What do you call a satanic rodent? A satanic rodent? Mm-hmm. feel like I have to definitely... I don't... Uh... I don't know. A cinchilla. Oh, my... Dang it! <laughs> Also, first of all, I just love that one. But second of all, I didn't realize that these were in the order chinchilla days, so it yeah. was even extra perfect. Family. That's what I mean. Um, anyway, order family. Um, okay, great. So that is going to bring us to our animal of the week, our final one. And our final animal of the week is... <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> the brown-throated three-toed sloth. The brown-throated... Nope. Brown-throated three-toed sloth. Wait, let me see it. Let me see the drum. Oh. Just for funsies, folks, there's a reason that Casey got the job of drumming because this is what it's like when I drum. That was actually decent this time. <laughs> anyway, it's just, I'm not as good at it. I'm not as good at it. Anyway, okay, sorry. <laughs> Too much fun about the drum on the final day. Look at our upgrade from season one. We didn't have that before. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Brown-throated tree. Nope. Brown-throated three-toed sloth. That is a tongue twister. Yeah. Anyway, tell us about them, Casey. These guys are in the order Pilosa. Okay. And they're in the family Bradipodidae. 
Sure. And their scientific name is Bradypus variegatus. Okay. This species is found in parts of Central America, but is mainly found in northern regions of South America, and they live in the tropical rainforest. These guys have a pretty long lifespan of 30 to 40 years. They are roughly the size of a domestic cat, about 45 to 60 centimeters long. Oh, God. I thought they were going to be too big. <laughs> They're smaller than I thought they were. Okay, wait. So, 45? Yeah. But you said 60 was the top, yep. right? They're smaller than your freaking weird thing. <laughs> We're six, why can't I find 60? It's about 23 and a half inches, folks. Oh, I guess that's about right for a sloth. Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of a bigger one, I guess. But okay, go yeah. for it. And they can weigh up to 6.3 kilograms. The three-toed sloth is a folivore and feeds mainly on the leaves of, Cercropia, of the Cercropia tree. Um, but they will also feed on various other tree species. Okay. Folivores have a very nutrient-poor diet. And the three-toed sloth is no exception, so they must have a highly complex stomach to extract as much nutrients as possible. They have a large four-chambered stomach that is a that is a host to various enzymes and bacteria that cause fermentation of the leaves and breaks down the cellulose of the leaves into starches and sugars, which can then be used by the sloth. Sloth being known for being so slow, also have an incredibly slow digestive system. And it has been documented taking 30 days for the food to pass through the entire digestive system. Insane. With its large stomach being able to take in large amounts of food when it is full, the sloth's stomach can weigh up to a third of its body weight. That's crazy. The sloth is the world's slowest moving mammal, and its name reflects this fact since sloth translates to slow. In fact, this animal is so sluggish and sedentary that algae starts to grow on its fur. I love that. <laughs> which actually ends up helping it to camouflage. The sloth will spend f around 15 to 18 hours a day sleeping. Aww. One interesting thing about these animals is that they will thermoregulate by changing where they rest. When it's cold, they will stay in ex the exposure to the sunlight to warm up, and when it's too hot, they descend to lower parts of the forest to find shelter amongst tree branches. Aww. The sloth rarely defends, descends to the rainforest floor, and usually only do so to defecate, which is usually only once a week. <laughs> so crazy. These guys are relatively helpless on the ground, as they cannot walk or stand, so if they ever do find themselves on the ground, they move by propelling themselves with their forelimbs. <laughs> This species does actually display sexual dimorphism with males having a bright yellow-orange colored marking between their shoulders, which actually possesses a scent gland used to help attract females. Hmm. Sloths also have a very, ve some very unique fur because their fur grows from their stomach to their back, which allows the water to shed off while they hang upside down. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Makes sense, so it'll go off them, but that's yes, weird. Yes, it's functional. Okay. Yeah. It's their own built-in raincoat. There you go. People may be familiar with another group of sloths, the two-toed sloth, which are actually far more common in zoos. In, fi in fact, the Dallas World Aquarium is the only facility in the United States with three-toed sloths. Wow. And that is because they have a much more specific diet that they need in order to survive, while two-toed sloths have a much more varied diet that is easier to replicate. Hmm, okay, interesting. People may assume that these two are close relatives, but the two-toed and three-toed sloth are not close relatives, 
and in fact come from two separate super families, and evidence has shown that the two-toed sloth and three-toed sloths actually evolved their arboreal lifestyles independently of one another. Interesting. They are both in the order Pelosa, which, along with sloths, has another perhaps surprising relative, and that is the anteaters. Weird, okay. These guys also belong to the group known as Xenarthra, which includes not only sloths and anteaters, but also armadillos. Hmm, okay. Yep. One of the unifying things about these guys is their teeth. Uh, they have very weird teeth. Um, <laughs> so, anteaters, no teeth at all. Um, sloths' teeth never stop growing. Oh. Whereas um, armadillos have these little peg-shaped teeth. Weird. Yep. But yeah, they don't have... ever grind down their teeth then they don't eat anything to grind it down so they act well they eat pretty tough leaves so I guess. they don't even have enough functional enamel so it's dentin and it just continues to grow crazy yep that's also what made them so difficult to classify for years um doing it based off the fossil record because hmm. nothing no so all mammals really have very unique teeth and then these guys just have very bizarre teeth <laughs> okay yep so the Brown-throated three-toed sloth is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. Unfortunately, the main threat to this species is habitat degradation and fragmentation. Another problem they face is hunting by local communities, as well as some being caught for the pet trade. That would not make a good pet. No. I mean, they'd be an easy target for a hunter, though. Yes. That's some easy meat right yes, there. Yes, but they're good at hiding. Good job, guys. Blend in like algae. You are my camouflage. Hide me. Yep. Oh, and they're surprisingly good swimmers. So sometimes, like, a tree branch might break and they're above the river and mm -hmm. they go plop. Into the river. And then they just use their forelegs to slowly swim Aww. until they're back to a tree. Uh -huh, then they climb guys. back up. <laughs> but, like, excuse me, Capybara, mm -hmm. can you come over and give me a ride? Yep. Um, I know I've seen videos of people like obviously somewhere in South America or Central America somewhere um, and they're like on a road so they're able to like go pick up the sloth and put it on a tree because oh, yeah. obviously it's going to take forever to get across the road mm -hmm. I don't even know why I was trying to cross the road in the first place mm -hmm. silly sloth anyway alright so yeah. that was our, and I oh, just sorry. have a little quick funny story yeah is um my director told me this uh, about because she's friends with the director over at the wildlife um, learning center in um, LA County Mm -hmm. And um, they have this joke about with their sloths because there's like um, when they do tours, then they would be like, and this is the world's slowest uh, mammal. It's like, actually, this is the second world's slowest mammal. This guy's the world's slowest mammal because he got bit by one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he somehow was able to get bitten by a two-toed sloth. Because sloths can be kind of mean. They'll try to go at you, but they're just so slow. Slow that you can just dive out of yep. the way, yeah. One of my yeah. friends worked with sloths, and she was like, had stories about them trying to swipe at her, but it's just so slow. <laughs> I feel like I don't want to be in slow motion, like, block it. Yep. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that was our final animal of the week, the brown-throated three-toed sloth. I got it. Anyway, uh, you see why I didn't want Casey to end with his, uh, the snake looked fine except for the tail. It was just the tail was creepy. I didn't it like it. It would have been awesome. Yeah, anyway. All right, so we ended, and funnily enough, we ended where we started <laughs> in South America, an arboreal animal <laughs> in South America, mm -hmm. so with the trees of South America. Anyway, all right, Casey. Yes, Allie? So it is time for our final challenge, and it is a bit of a doozy because not only is it a season three wrap-up, it is also a cumulative 
podcast challenge. Also, fun fact, as I was looking back to gather a lot of these questions, um, back in the day, you used to use a really boring timer. It was just like a little like beep, beep, beep. Oh, it did? It was like a deeper beep, but like it wasn't the fun party music. So I don't know when we switched to the party music, but I'm happy I we did. I got a new phone. I guess that was it. <laughs> so whatever phone that is has the fun party music and the other one was boring. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have a Samsung both times though? Yeah. It's still Samsung. I feel like it should have had the party music on the old one then too. Yeah. It had a louder alarm, so... <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But it made me sad because I was listening. I'm like, oh, that's boring. Also, we were so inconsistent <laughs> with our challenges. They Some of them were like one minute. Some were two minutes. So even going through the like cups, sometimes it was two minutes. Sometimes it was three minutes. Sometimes it was five, which is what we wound up landing on our main. And then, of course, we screwed up and had ten that one time. Yeah, I didn't. And like even Leopardy one time was like five minutes. It was just, we were all over the place. We changed our rules up. Anyway, it was just a hot mess of stuff. So here's the deal. So it is a total of 50 points. There are 43 questions because that is the average number of episodes in one of our seasons. And then there are seven bonus questions. Okay. So just so you know, you have 20 minutes, which is about an average. 20 minutes? Oh, just kidding. We use the timer again. That's so exciting. Um, yes, so it's about an average of a little more than 20 seconds a question, just so you oh, know. Lordy. Okay? You can do it. Can I? Some will be pretty quick. Some okay. will be harder. All right. Are you ready? No, I have no choice. And start. Okay. As usual, mammals were the most commonly featured as one of our other commonly featured, uh, Oh my gosh, <laughs> as one of our other most commonly chosen animals, did we cover more birds this season or last season? <gasps> hmm. This season or last season? I don't remember any birds this season. I... This is for, sorry, I should say, this is for animals of the week currently. Animals of the week. Yes. This is divided into different sections. <laughs> so this one is animals of the week. I want to say last season. Okay. No. Damn it. Uh, I guess I can let you try the bonus, but I don't know if you'll get it right. Okay. Um, okay, so the bonus is name them, the ones from this season. This season? Yep. Uh, hooded Patu. Oh, wait, no. Hooded Pitatui. Eurasian Patu? Potu? I think that's how you, you say You had the same problem I did. I'm going to give it to you. You had the same issue I did when I was trying to name this thing. The Satin Bowerbird. Okay. You have to get all of them, by the way, to get this bonus. Did we say how many there were? No, because you didn't get it. I okay. guess I'll tell you. There were 10 this season. 10? I'm not getting that. Move <laughs> you on. Must move on? Okay. So, which fish did we cover as Animal of the Week this season? Which fish? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Some of these are tough, but I'm not giving you a number. You have to just figure it out yourself. Okay feel like it's going to be more sharp. I will give you a hint, oh. though, that there weren't a ton of animals of the week that were fish this season. I was going to expect that. <laughs> hmm. Name them. Okay. So clearly not North America, not South America. <laughs> Generally not. Atlantic. I animals of the week? Mm-hmm. These were just animals of the week. No picks. Mm. And that's just this season. Oof. Why can't I think? One was fairly recent. Was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I don't know if it was it was in Oceana or it was or not Oceana. It was either in Pacific or Wildcard. I don't remember which one exactly, off the top of my head. A fish. Uh huh. Oh, the Australian lungfish. That is one. Oh my gosh, it has to be it, because we don't talk about bony fish very much. It has to be a shark. I'm going to say a common thresher shark. And a blue shark. Final answer? Yes. Okay, no. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we will obviously go through all these when I come back through them. All right, number three. How many rodents were in our picks this season? Our picks? Mm -hmm. Oh, damn it. Six? So close. Um, I will go ahead and tell you now that it's five, so you can try to do the bonus and name them. <laughs> okay, so we had the capybara. Oh, wait, picks this season. This season. This season only. This season. Uh, let's see. It was a North American beaver. Yes. And it was, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, North American porcupine. Five. Yellow-bellied marmot. Mm -hmm, that's one of them. Two more. There were lemming. Not that's that was a. Oh that. Oh yeah. Week. Picks only. Picks. Picks. Okay, we picks. literally just did one. Just saying. <laughs> we just did one. We just did a rodent pick. Oh yeah, I was thinking categories and thinking about them in pairs. Yeah, the viscacha. Yeah, that's one. Oh, the last one. I'm going to tell you right now, you have two more. One of them was wrong. Ah, damn it. <laughs> and oh. I'll be extra nice and give you a hint that they were from the same category. Were from the same category. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, let me think. So the category was rodent of some kind. <laughs> <gasps> oh, oh, it was the... Uh... It was my cloud rat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll accept it. And your Indian giant squirrel. Yay. Okay. We kind of cheated that one, but I'm going to give it to you because yeah. this has not been going well. <laughs> yeah. Move on. All right. Um, okay. So next one is, what zoo had a string of animal thefts this year? Which zoo had a string of animal thefts? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Uh, damn it. Was that? In no. Was it in Texas? Was it San Antonio? I want to say it's San Antonio. Close. No. Damn. <laughs> All right. Our logo is a tiger, the biggest cat in the world. Which of our picks is at the opposite end of that spectrum? Smallest cat in the world, the rusty spotted footed cat. Correct. Yay. You added an extra word there. <laughs> I know. Okay, great I, anyway. I was combining two cats. <laughs> fine. Okay. They're both small. Smallest and vicious. Okay. What percentage of Americans think they can beat a grizzly bear in hand-to-hand <gasps> -hand combat? Is it 2%, 4%, 6%, or 8%? It's 8%. I feel like it's 8%. Incorrect. Damn it. But that was the case for many other animals, including an elephant. Damn it. All right. Now we are into Animals of the Week from all seasons. Okay. okay? Oh, damn. So mammals are always the most frequently chosen animal of the week across all seasons. Who was the second most commonly chosen type of animal? So we're going with the six main type so mammal fish bird reptile amphibian and invertebrate across all of them all the animals of the week though but all seasons so it's not mammals obviously because they're yeah. number one i'm going to say reptiles incorrect damn it was it birds? 
Nope. I will go back through it. Wasn't birds. No, I will go back through it when we get to the end. All right. So when comparing our terrestrial invertebrates and marine invertebrates, were there more terrestrial, more marine, or an even split? Hmm. I want to say more terrestrial. I will get, I guess I'll just tell you now. It was an even split. Damn. There are 12 of them. This bonus, good luck. Name them. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is picks or this is animal of the week. This is animals all animal of the week for across all seasons. Twelve each. Yeah, you can just skip it if you don't. Let's want to try. skip it. Okay. If it's we have 12, time, I'll come back. It's not just twelve each. It's twelve that are marine. But anyway, okay. So how many of our animal of the week mammals were marine mammals? How many? Mm-hmm. Don't feel like there's sperm whale. There was the spy dolphin. Animals of the week, not picks. But yes, one of those was correct. <laughs> Only one? Damn. Let's see. I feel like False Killer Whale was one. Animals of the Week's not picks. <laughs> that was. Damn, I could have sworn that was a. <laughs> I could have sworn that was Animal of the Week. Damn it. Okay. Spotted dolphin. Mm-hmm. I'm positive that was this season. Maybe it was. I thought it was season two, but I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and check. Either way, it definitely is one of them. Oh, wait. That's... It's very, only two from this season? Very recently. One very no. recently, one pretty recently. Because there's a southern elephant seal. Yes, okay. There's a the Hawaiian monk seal. Yes, there you go. Three. Those are all right. Hmm. I can't think of the other ones, but I know there's more than that. Well, you probably won't get the bonus, but you can try for the number. <laughs> I'm going to go with seven. Oh, so close. Don't tell me it was six. It was. Damn it. <laughs> I second guess. Next one. Trust yourself. How many fish do we cover as Animal of the Weeks across all seasons? Oh, boy. Mm. I know the coelacanth was the first one. No, the boops boops was. Okay. <laughs> one. Angel shark was another one. Mm -hmm, yep. There was the barrel eye, Jonah's ice fish. Mm -hmm. Oh, we've covered more than I thought. We've covered actually a surprising amount of fish. Angel fish. Greenland shark. Blue shark was not an uh, animal of the that week. That was a pick. The spear tooth shark was one. Mm hmm. Hmm. I will give you a hint that it is more than 10. More than 10. Oh. You don't necessarily, I'm not making you name these. Okay. Because <laughs> there's more than 10. <laughs> oh, there was also the humpback anglerfish. Mm hmm. That was one of them. More than 10. I want to say 14. Oh my god, you've been so close every time. <laughs> it was 15. But, Damn it. but you know this one because you named it. Who was the very first one? The boop. Yeah, it was the Yeah, yeah. Boops. Trust yourself. <laughs> we Trust had, myself. We had 21 birds of bird animal of the week. What were the first one, the very first one, and the very last one? The very first bird animal of the week. Yes. Okay. So let me think now. Season one. Oh, yeah. It was the end in yep. Cock of the Rock. Yep, yep. And then the most recent one. Most recent, it was the last one. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh. It was very recent. Oh, it's the Pesquets parrot. Yay! Okay, who was our very first amphibian? Very first amphibian? Yes. I want to say that's Golden Mantilla. Good job. That is it. All right. Who is our final reptile of season two? Of season two? I will give you the hint that it was a wild card. It was a wild card. (laughs) Okay. Of season two? Mm Mm-hmm. Wild card. That means it had been weird somehow. It was real cool. It was real cool. So Allie thought it was real cool. So let me think. (laughs) Rude. (sighs) That might mean he was cool. Oh my goodness! Why can't I think of it? Hmm. Probably not a snake. I would say one of the coolest looking that we've done. It was a wild card. Mm -hmm. Coolest looking. Ah, eight minutes. Oh, my God. We're going to have to give you more time. This is not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> One of the coolest looking wild card reptile. Yeah. Jeez. Of season two. Mm-hmm. Why can't I remember season two? Wow. I have that problem, too. I just remember forget season two. <laughs> Which is weird because I think that was my favorite season. <clears throat> coolest looking... Shut up. <laughs> yes, they were honking at you. <laughs> it's too much pressure, all right? <laughs> feel like it's from a frilled neck lizard because I feel like that was Oceana. Incorrect. Damn it. It was close. And that is also very cool. So, but anyway. All right. So, which of these is an animal of the week? I'm giving you uh, scientific names Macaca fuscata, Titurus. Christophus. I think it's Gura Victoria. It's G O U R A. G O U R A. Okay. Annex Junius Echidna Nebulosa. Those are your options. One of them is an animal of the week. Okay. Can you go through them again one more yes. time? Yes. Macaca Fuscata. Uh, Triturus Christatus. Gura Victoria. Annex Junius Echidna Nebulosa. Going with Annex Junius. So sorry, no. Damn. <laughs> uh, no, that's the stupid darner. Go ahead. Correct, it was the darner. Good job. All right, which of these is not an animal of the week? So it is a pick, okay? Okay. Macropina microstoma. Upopo. No, I can never say it. Upopo pops. Damn it, I can't say it right. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> hint, it's not that one. <laughs> Coralus canis. Uh, Dasiurus maculatus. Hymenoptis coronatus. Say them again one more time. Macropina microstoma. Sorry, microstoma. Upopo opops. Coralus canis. Um, di- Dasir- Jesus. Dasiurus maculatus. Hymenoptis coronatus. And this is a pick? This is a pick. Okay. The third from the last one. Can you say that one more time? Coral, Coralus, shit, Coralus Caninus, 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 <laughs> so sorry, Coralus Caninus. I want to say that one. Good job, that is it. Okay, moving on, it is the, how many tautonyms did we have in our Animals of the Week? 
I will give you three choices. Three, four, or five. Three, four, five. Really? That low? Wow. Animals of the week? Only animals of the week. Hmm. I'm going to say four. Good job. One was very close to being a totonym, but the exact one that we did was not a totonym. Ah. Okay, now this is picks overall. We covered 25 reptiles in our picks. Which was the most common, snakes or lizards? Snakes or lizards as picks. Mm-hmm. I want to say lizards. Good job. And uh, there were 10 of them. Bonus. Name them. <laughs> 10 lizards yeah, I mean, as our picks. Yeah, you can skip it if you don't think you can Let's do it. skip it. Okay. I don't think I have the okay. time. All right. So many of our snake picks are venomous, including most venom- the most venomous snake species on Earth. How many of them were venomous? How many of them were yes, venomous? Yes, I will give you options. Picks? 10, 8, 9, 11. I'm going with nine. Sorry, no. Okay. Uh, what were our eight venomous snakes? <laughs> eight venomous snakes. Yes. And this is picks. Just picks. Yep. Okay. And the first one for me. Bandit sea crate, king yep. cobra, yep. blue coral snake, yep. the regular coral snake. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern coral snake, yep. Um, did I say taipan yet? You did not. Okay, taipan. Yeah, correct. Ah, damn it. You're missing one of your choices. Mojave rattlesnake. That is one of them. Uh, Bushmaster. Yeah, you got one more. Ah! Earlier on. Earlier on, so I, like season Apparently. <laughs> uh, you got these two. Uh, actually, I think it was season two, if I recall. Season two? I think. Ugh. I'll give you a hint. It's not too long. It's too... Short? No. <laughs> Not too long. We complained about why I don't like certain snakes. One was too long, which was the king cobra, and this one was too... Big? No. See, I remember too long and aquatic. Well, it's aquatic, but then there were two terrestrial ones. One was too long, and then you were saying, and I was like, too... Oh, it flies. The flying trees. We didn't talk about a flying one. I wanted to. We never did. I could have... We didn't. I know. That was one of the animals I regret not doing. Damn it. I'm going to give you a hint because things are going bad. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe? Yes. You don't watch ba- baseball, basketball. No, I don't. Oh, Black Mamba. There I'm you go. Idiot. Okay. All right. Okay, moving on. How many of our picks have been non-animal specific? You just need to say how many. You don't have to say what they are. So I'm going to give you 8, 9, 10, 11. I'm going with 10. Fantastic. That was it. Okay, moving along. Sorry, I'm trying to mark it. Okay, uh... How many picks animals did we have in total across all three seasons? 236, 240, 246, 300. Oh, boy. What's 129 times 2? What was my options again? Uh, th- 236, 240, 246, 300. 129 times 2 would be basically 130, so it would be 260 minus a bit. Okay. Say the options one more time. 236, mm-hmm. 240, 246, 300. 246? So close. Damn it. So close. Okay. Um, which southern, or sorry, which season of picks had the most totonyms? You got three options. <laughs> of picks had the most totonyms. Yep. I want to say season three. Fantastic. 
what season two and only picks category featured two totonyms? We both chose animals with totonyms. Oh my gosh. In season two. Season two, both have totonyms. Yep. Oh, I'm screwed. See, I remember this happening. I just don't remember what it was. I made this harder than I should have. I should give you more options for these. <laughs> I was trying to make it difficult. I'm a dunce. You forgot that. <clears throat> I just seem smart. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm gonna throw out some random options for you. We, I think this was season two, so, or I'm gonna go with it. Uh, favorite Asian lizards. Uh, that was a category. <laughs> um, favorite European national animal, and favorite. Uh, I don't know who else was in season. I think we also had Asian snakes. So favorite Asian snakes, favorite Asian lizards, favorite European national animals. Which one of those is it? I don't remember off the top of my head who those were. So. That's what we got. I want to say Asian lizards. Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> okay, anyway. All right. So this is overall animals of the week and picks combined. Did we cover more canines or felines overall? See, I know we're notorious for not covering that many cats. Mm-hmm. So when I say canines. Uh, overall, we covered more canines? No. Oh, Did we cover more artiodactylas or more arthropods? I want to say artiodactyla. Uh, no. Really? These are all really close, by the way. Damn. Well, this one's really, really close. The last one was a little bit less close. Which type of animal have we talked about the most? Sharks, bovids, cetaceans, mustelids. Sharks, bovids, cetaceans, or mustelids? Mm-hmm. The most? Yes. Mustelids. I can't believe you actually said that well, based on how many of the other ones we have. Okay, we'll go back through it. Oh, how many pinnipeds did we cover total from Animals of the Weekend picks? I'm going to give you options. Okay. Two four six eight. <laughs> Two four six eight. Yeah. <laughs> Who do we appreciate? What was the question again? How many pinnipeds, pinnipeds. did we cover as Animal of the Weeks and picks combined? Two four six eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely not just two. Definitely not. Okay. And I know two are animals of the week, so I'm trying to remember my category. I want to say eight. Eight? Incorrect. Sorry. Damn it! Okay. Uh, I'm not going to do the bonus. We're going to move on because we don't have time. Which radite species did we not cover? This I think you can get. Okay. So we covered the kiwi, cassowary, emu. Are we just counting the flightless ones? Yes. Okay. Then ostrich. Yes. There we go. All right. What type of animal was the least covered across all areas? Animals of the weeks, picks, bonus animals, and honorable mentions. Again, that's your birds, fish, yada, yada, yada. Birds, fish. Reptiles, amphibians, invertebrates, mammals. Obviously, it's not mammals. <laughs> no, not mammals. <laughs> the least covered? Yes. I want to say amphibians. Accurate. Correct. Uh, we'll go back through it later with more of, of it. Of course, slimy friends. Yep. Okay. And bonus, if you want to try it. Okay. Uh, name our amphibian animals of the week. Just so you know there's eight of them. Really? You had golden mantella already, so I'm giving yep. them to you. <laughs> so there's golden mantella. There is the Lake Titicaca frog. Yep. The axolotl. Yep. The Iberian rib newt. Uh, yes, that was the last one. The Taita Hill Cecilia. Yeah, that horrifying thing. <laughs> Three more. Ooh.
Oh my gosh, was it a... S Uh, the others were all in season three. All in season three, these yeah. last three. Oh my gosh. I know, that's super helpful. One of them I found to be very cute. One was very cute. I thought it was cute. You thought it was cute, did I? I think you thought oh, it was cute wait, too. Wait, uh, Archie's Frog. That's one. That's not the one I was talking about. It was also kind of cute, but the one before is the one I was okay. talking about. I think it's cute. The one before that is not cute. <laughs> <laughs> the one before that's not cute. The first one of the season I don't find to be cute. The second one I find to be cute. Uh, was no, I don't think our dart. We didn't do a dart frog. As, no, that uh, was the a week. pick. That was a pick. Cute. One that wasn't cute is what I'm getting tripped up by now. I don't think it's cute. You might think it's cute. Oh, <laughs> the hellbender. Yep, that's that one. Okay. One more to go. And it came after that, so clearly not the, oh, this was a salamander, wasn't it? Uh-huh. The crested salamander. Yes, but you Crest need a different Oh. You need a different name than that. Crested newt. Yeah, there we all yeah. go with it. Great crested newt. Okay, go. you got one bonus thing right, I think. Maybe you got a one earlier, too. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. So, um, now we're into name six of the Tottenhams. Can be animals of the week or picks. You can name the normal animal if you want to. You already have one. I'm just going to tell you right now. It was the first one. <laughs> the first oh. fish. Boops, boops. Yep. Okay. How many do I have to name? Uh, six. Six? There's more than six. Boops, boops. Gulo, gulo. That one's a little bit of a, I'll give it to you, but that one's not quite because ours was gulo something. Oh, yeah, something. that's right. But I, I'll count it. I don't even know if I put that on here. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Nasua, Nasua. That's Kawadi. That's not our Kawadi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what two of my choices are. Well, more than two of mine, but. Oh, my goodness. Was this a bonus question or is it an actual? This is an actual question. Damn. Because <laughs> there's a lot more than six. <laughs> Clearly. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Just yell out animals. I'll let you. I'll guess. I'll let you guess a few things. Okay. Uh, I might just start naming all. Just all uh, animals. Cock of the rock. No. Okay. okay. Go a little further ahead than that. <laughs> Let's see. Um. American? No, it was European mink. Or was it American mink that we covered? It was a European mink. European mink. That's not it. Let's see. You're in the right area though for a few of them. Your stoat, I think, was one. It's not a. It's it's adorable, but it's not one of these. Mm. But I did have other choices in Europe that were. Europe. Oh my goodness. You had a choice in Europe too. Did I? Mm-hmm. Damn. Let's see. Rock Ptarmigan wasn't one of them. Mm -mm. Uh, diving Bell Spider. Nope. I'll give you like two more guesses. Let's <laughs> move on. Yeah, we might just move on. Okay. I'm not going to get it. Uh, who chose the most Tottenhams from our picks and honorable mentions? Allie or Casey? Allie. Yep, good job. All right, next is what AKC group was most well represented from our dog breeds? Terrier, working, sporting, non-sporting, or hound? Uh, 
What were the categories again? Terrier, working, sporting, non-sporting, hound. I want to say working. Incorrect. Sorry. Um, was it non-sporting? I will go back through it because okay. um, there's more information than that because oh. I was surprised with something. Eight of our breeds were not dogs. Name them. Eight of our breeds were not dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Silky. Yes, most recent. <laughs> was the Holland Lop, yep, right? Yep, that was one. That was one. Oh, the damn horse is... <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. No, because I remember it tripped me up last it time. It did. One of the horses did. Yeah. There's another horse. Yeah, I'm probably not going to remember it now. Uh, was it Norwegian Fjord horse? Yeah, yeah. That okay. was one that tripped you up. And there's another horse. How many were there? Eight. Eight. You haven't named the cats yet. Oh, yeah. We had cats. Abyssinian. Yep. Did we cover Ragdoll? No. No. Damn. We covered more than one rabbit, right? Yes. Cornish Rexu was not. Nope. Was it the Netherland Dwarf? Nope. Now why did it be the Netherland Dwarf? <laughs> you already had a Holland Lop. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to go full Dutch. Um... I've only named one of the cats. Did we cover any of the pigs? Nope. Or we didn't because they we were all... We didn't because they were all meat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's why I went with the chicken. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It was a goat. It was the other Brando. Oh, gosh. Was that the pygmy Nigerian goat? I'll give it to you. Nigerian dwarf goat. My Nigerian dwarf goats. You still have two more. Three two, more. Sorry. Three you more. have a bunny, a cat, and a horse. The ones bunny, we the most of. Bunny, a cat, and a horse. Damn... Why can't I remember this damn horse? It's a gorgeous horse. You should remember it. Is it a Clydesdale? No, it's similar. Oh, gosh. Similar to a Clydesdale? Well, it's a draft-type horse. Oh, goodness. I don't think I'll get it. Was it a Flemish giant for the rabbit? No. Damn. Cornish Rex? No, you already said Cornish Rex, though. Oh, I did? You told yourself it wasn't a Cornish Rex, and I agree with you. It is not. I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> it's not happening. Okay, we're moving on. All right, you were kind of close, but I also had to give you hints for them. Who were the two lead sled dogs, Casey, that took the... Baltar and Togo. Yeah. <laughs> so, I feel like I'm going to give you a bonus point for that. <laughs> I'm so happy you got both of them. Okay. Who... Oh, shit. Who won the most fake money on Leopardy? You or me? I'm going to say you. It was you. It was me. Yeah, it was you. <gasps> I will go back through partially why. Um, okay. What was our very first challenge? Oh, it was the it was the alphabet. Yes, one. I will give you that. Can you specify a little bit more than that though? Because we've got a lot the... of alpha. I'm so used to marking your stuff as wrong. I marked. That wrong. <laughs> we had to name an animal for each letter of the alphabet. Yes, good job, perfect. All right, who? What was the best score of all of our challenges? I will count it if you get the person and like a region or a category type thing. Best score yes. for our challenges. Yes. Me on one of the leopardies? Okay, no. Okay. <laughs> what was the worst score of all of our challenges? Probably Same me thing. on leopardy. Uh, it was you, but it was not leopardy. Oh, oh okay. no. Oh, well, it was one of the naming ones. I can't remember. Okay. Mammals, of course, were our most common bonus animal and honorable mention. Mm-hmm. What was the second most common? Again, fish, birds, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
I don't feel like it was birds. It's fish, birds, reptiles, invertebrates. And amphibians. It's not amphibians. No. <laughs> As we've discussed. See, I'm inclined to say reptile, but it might be invertebrates. I'm going with my gut and say reptile. Okay. Nope. Damn it. How many total totonyms did we have across Animals of the Week? Picks, BA, BAs, bonus animals and honorable mentions. Was it uh, 20... 22, 23, 25, 27. Options again one more time. 20, 22, 23, 25, 27. I'll say 25. Oh, close, but love it. Damn it. Okay, and which region featured the most totonyms across Animals Week picks, bonus animals, and honorable mentions? You have 10 options. <laughs> I want to say Europe. Good. I was going to say, I was giving you a hint earlier, so go with that. How many animals of the week total did we cover between animals of the... Sorry, animals. How many animals did we cover between animals of the week, picks, bonus animals, honorable mentions, and breeds? Was it 424, 446, 480, or 492? I want to say 446. No. Damn it. That went so much worse than I expected it was going to go. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Going through as quickly as we can. Oh. So, as usual, uh, mammals are the most commonly featured... As one of the other most commonly featured animals to be covered more birds this season or last season, it was this season, 10 compared to 7. Uh-huh. Naming them was Oilbird, Harris's Hawk, Anna's Hummingbird, Razorbill, Eurasian Hoopo, Lappet-Faced Vulture, Gray-Eared Nightjar, Satin Bowerbird, Antarctic Petrel, and Pesquets Parrot. <laughs> um, okay, which fish did we cover as Animal of the Week this season? It was Pajama Shark, Australian Lungfish, and Sarcastic Fringehead. Ah, uh. How many rodents were in our picks this season? It was five. It was name them. American beaver, yellow-bellied marmot. You, you actually got this one. <laughs> Northern Luzon, uh, giant cloud rat, Indian giant squirrel, Southern Viscacha. What zoo had a string of animal thefts this year? It was the Dallas Zoo. Our uh. logo is a tiger, the biggest cat in the world, which is the smallest at the Albertson spectrum. It is rusty spotted cat. What percentage of Americans think they can beat a grizzly bear in hand-to-hand combat? It was 6%. Mm. 8% thought they could take an elephant. And other things. All right. <laughs> mammals are always the most frequently chosen animals of the week across all seasons. Who was the second most commonly chosen type of animal? It was invertebrates with 24. Oh. Just for funsies, mammals was 46, birds were 21, fish 15, reptiles 15, and amphibians 8. Oh. When comparing our terrestrial invertebrates to marine invertebrates, were there more terrestrial, more marine, or even split? Even split at 12. Giant isopod. Colossal squid, Portuguese man of war, blue sea dragon, vampire squid, peacock mantis strip, predatory sponge, Christmas tree worm, glass octopus, sea spider, crown of thorns, sea star, and leaf sheep. How many of animals of the week were mammals? Uh, how many of them were marine mammals, I should say? Six. Dugong, longfin pilot whale, vaquita. I expected uh, you to get that one. Atlantic spotted dolphin, southern elephant seal, and Hawaiian monk seal. How many fish did we cover as animal of the week? Fifteen. Who was the first one? You got that right. Boops, boops. Um, we had 21 birds. Who was the first and last of the entire season? It was the Andean, or season, the whole series. Andean cock of the rock and uh, the Dracula parrot, which you got right. <laughs> I just couldn't decide which name to say. Uh, who was our first amphibian? Golden Mantella. Who was our first reptile of season two, or our final, sorry, reptile of season two was the armadillo girdled lizard. Uh, I remember Super cool now. dude. Which of these is an animal of the week? You got that right. And it is the Titurus cristatus. That is the great crested newt. The other options were the Japanese macaque, the Victoria crown pigeon, the green darner dragonfly, and the snowflake moriel. That were the wrong ones. Which is not an animal of the week. Uh, you got this right too? Did you get both of those right? I feel like you did not get the first one right. 
Yeah, I didn't because I said the darner, That's which was right. wrong. That's right. I don't know why. I gave you an extra point. I didn't even tabulate your total, but it's not going to be good. <laughs> All right. So which of these is not animal week? This one you got right. Uh, the correct answer was the Coralus canonis, which is the emerald tree boa. Uh, the other one was the Barrelli, the Eurasian hoopo, the tiger quoll, walking flower mantis, or orchid mantis, however you want to say it. How many tautamins do we have in our animals of the week? Four. It was three fish, one mammal, one almost because our specific one mm. is not it. <laughs> but the Guo Guo is the wolverine. Mm-hmm. All right, picks overall. We covered 25 reptiles in our picks, which was most common, snakes or lizards. It was lizards, western fence lizard, rock-headed rockagama, desert monitor, Malaysian, Malaysian, sorry, butterfly lizard, Draco lizard, desert horn lizard or horny toad, Iberian worm lizard, oscillated lizard, Komodo dragon, thorny devil. Many of our snake picks are venomous, including the most venomous snake in species in the world. Uh, how many were there? It was eight. Uh, okay, they were. Banded Sea Crate. Actually, you got those, I think. Yep. So, Banded Sea Crate, Black Mama, King Cobra, Blue Coral Snake, Inland Taipan, Southern American, South American Bushmaster, Mojave Rattlesnake, Eastern Coral Snake. How many of our picks have been non-specific animals? It was 10 categories, 20 answers. I'm not going to go through it. <laughs> I, I have to do it real fast. Okay, Experience with Wildlife. It was whale watching for both of us. AZA accredited zoo and aquarium. Those are two different things. Live action animal-based movie. Animal-based Disney animated film released before 1990. Dream destination in the Pacific to witness a wildlife event. Favorite animal-related horror films. Favorite na- nature series growing up and then also as adults. And then favorite marine-based live action animal film. How many picks, uh, pick animals did we have in total? It was 240. We managed somehow magically without trying to do 80 animals every season. Just the way our non-specific <sighs> ones worked out, we had 80 picks every single season, despite the fact that we had different amounts of episodes every season. I don't know how we did that, but we did it. Wow. Which season of picks had the most tautonyms? It was three. Uh, okay, what season two and only picks category featured two tautonyms? We both chose animals with tautonyms. It was a favorite European national animal. It was. And it was a black-tailed godwit, Limosa Limosa. And the Eurasian lynx, probably my favorite of all the tautonyms, lynx lynx. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> Okay, did we cover more canines or felines overall? Felines with 14. I'm not naming them. All right. Um, <laughs> How many canines? <laughs> what? How many canines? Oh, sorry. It was nine? No, 11. Sorry. It was close. Oh. Did we cover more artiodactyls or arthropods? Arthropods were 34. Artiodactyls were 33. <gasps> it was real close. Which type of animal have we talked about? The most sharks, bovids, cetaceans, mussels? It's sharks. Sharks were 15. We talked about so many sharks. Bovids was second with 13. Cetaceans was 13. And mussels was 8. How many pinnipeds did we cover? Totals, Animal of the Weeks, and picks. It was the Southern Elephant Seal, the Hawaiian Monk Seal, the Walrus, the Leopard Seal, the Ribbon Seal, the California Sea Lion. Which reptile species did we not? Radite, sorry. Did we not cover? And that was ostrich. You got that. What type of animal was the least covered across? It was skipping. It was amphibious. Yep. <laughs> so it was the Golden Mantella. You eventually got it with help. Golden Mantella, Titicaca Frog, Axolotl, Tasha, whatever the fuck, Hill Sicilian thing that I hate, Hellbender, <laughs> uh, Great Crested Newt, Archie's Frog, and Iberian Brib Newt. Name six of the Tottenhams. Can be from Animal of the Weeks or Picks. I'm not going to count the Gula Gulu because it's so many, but I'm not going to say the animals. Just boops, boops. Glyphus, Glyphus was a spirit tooth shark. Priestes, Priestes was a large tooth sawfish. Norway Lemming was Lemmus, Lemmus. Eurasian Eagle Owl, Boobo, Boobo, Boobo. That was a great one. Caracol. Okay, also another great one. Caracal, Caracal. <laughs> and Cassowary, Cassuaris, Cassuaris. I'm not going to continue the rest of them, but there's a lot of them. Okay, mm. Agama, Agama was the redheaded Agama. Pika, Pika, that one's a great one. That's the magpie. Anyway, who chose the most tautonyms from our, our picks and animals of the week? It was me. I chose 11 out of 15. <laughs> All right.
AKC group was well represented from our dogs, which one was most well represented? Terrier working. Anyway, you heard the options. It's hound with five because it was six in foundation stock, but apparently foundation stock is not actually really recognized as a group and they can't compete in like the best of shows and stuff. They can only do companion competitions. Really? So technically we had six foundation stocks. But hounds, I was surprised. I didn't think we had that many hounds. But hound was number five. Working was four. Three terrier. Three non-sporting. Two toy. One herding. One sporting. Was our breakdown. Eight of our breeds were not dogs. Name them. Abyssinian. Frisian. Holland Lop. Japanese Bobtail. Norwegian Fjord Horse. You got that. Lionhead. Nigerian Lionhead. Dwarf Goat. And uh, Silky Chicken. You got this finally. I'm giving you an extra point. Who are the <laughs> two lead sled dogs? Balto and Togo. You finally learned it. Um, okay. <laughs> Who made the most fake money? It was you. However, you had two extra turns at it than I did. You made $15,100, which is not enough money to even buy a car. <laughs> so we did not do well. Um, I can buy used. <laughs> go use but like <laughs> anyway i had twelve thousand uh five hundred however again you had two more rounds than me but one of your rounds you had five minutes <laughs> so and we also played it where like you couldn't continue on if you didn't get the numbers so mm -hmm. that one was kind of cheated but if we figured that i got two more of my worst scores then i would have had fourteen thousand nine hundred compared to your fifteen thousand one hundred either way you still would have won okay what was our very first challenge you got that right alphabet name every animal and we did all of them go us yep. um what was the best score of all of our challenge it was it was me i got a hundred out of a hundred points with the help of three bonus questions <laughs> on an asian quiz i do believe i tanked the next asian quiz but anyway that one was good the worst one was you and it was uh, figured out Allie's revenge and you had six out of 100 points <laughs> and that's because I made it really difficult because I didn't like the one you gave to me <laughs> alright mammals of course were our most common bonus animal and honorable mentions what was the second most common it was actually fish we wow. had 16 fish really yes 16 fish I was shocked 26 mammals 13 birds 11 invertebrates 8 reptiles 3 amphibians how many total totonyms did we have across animal of the week picks everything right 23 Five of them were animals of the week, 12 were picks, three were bonus animals, three were honorable mentions. Which region featured the most totonyms across all those? It was Europe. You got that right. 10 or 11 if we count the Wolverine. <laughs> Out of 23 or 24 if we count the Wolverine. All right. How many animals total did we cover between everything? Our breeds, everyone. It was 480. Ah. So it was 129 animals of the week, 240 picks, 31 bonus animals, 46 honorable mentions, and 34 breeds. Still not your worst score. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So you got, with the help of bonus questions, and we'll, I'll give you an extra for the Balto and Togo question. You got 18 out of 50. 18 out of 50. That's 36%. It's still better than your 4 out of 100, no matter what you do, or 6 out of 100, whatever it was. All right. We did it. Woo! Woohoo! That was the end of our very final Animal Addicts podcast episode. To be fair... Never say never. Who knows? Maybe we'll do random ones in the future, just here and there. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just never say never. Anyway, mm -hmm. mostly I just say that because there's a lot of animals we didn't talk about that we wanted to. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and for going on this crazy little journey with us. We appreciate you. That officially brings us to the end of the final episode of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. Don't forget to take care of yourselves and all the spectacular species that call this planet home. <laughs> <laughs>